Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. I'm William. And we're back to have a spooky good time. Oh, are we? Oh, boy. Um, you said that you have an update before we get into our traditional sort of topics. Yes. Uh, I wonder if you might share. I'd be happy to take the floor. So um, one of my former co-workers at the salon that I used to work at told me yesterday when I was at the salon that he went to visit Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum. Great. And um, he told me a few things, but I just wanted to touch down on what he said about the Dybbuk box okay. that's there and how it's housed and everything. Um, I wish I looked. We covered the Dybbuk box a long time ago, yeah, <laughs> not yeah. a previous episode. I'm not sure what number, but it's like probably in the middle of our current run. Um, so Robert told me that it's in its own room, which I knew, that there is a Jewish prayer going over the sound system hmm. 24 hours a day. That's cool. Seven days a week. Yep. Um, he said that it's in its own case. The, the room is humidity resistant. It's supposed to be like this, like sterile environment to preserve the integrity of the Jewish box, like physically. So it's not like rotting and everything. So it's in the room is supposed to be humidity regulated or whatever. And then it's in its own box. But then within that box, there's a bundle of sage that I guess they had blessed it with or something that's supposed to remain in there for its protection. And he said that even though it's dried sage, the sage seems to be molding away. Oh. And how can that be? Perhaps it's because of proximity to such evil. Yeah. It's, it's emitting sort of like a toxic aura. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And they said there's also a salt ring around the Dybbuk box and that there are areas of the salt ring that are like scooched. That's fun. Yeah. All right. That's a pretty good job. Yeah. That's totally. like, uh, uh, to me a little bit, that's like going to Disney and seeing yeah. like all the set design that goes into everything, yeah. which I always really appreciate. That's an attention to detail that regardless of how you feel about Zach Baggins right. and the sort of, um, I don't know, fun silliness of putting together a haunted object museum. Right. That's a fun level of detail to go to that the salt ring is scooched out. Who would think of that? Well, that's great. Yeah. But you know that they're saying intentionally that like evil has scooched the salt ring, right? You understand that? Okay. I'm just making sure. Like they are not saying that this is a fun event. No, I know. Like, yes, I guess what I'm sort of uh, implicitly stating is I don't believe in any of this. Yeah. And it's therefore clever to me that they had somebody scoot little things in the, in the salt. It is fun. It totally totally is. Yeah. But they, they treat it with utmost seriousness. Of course. Like something from the box has kind of like leached its way out or something. Zach Baggins is nothing if not serious. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He also said, I was like, don't they have just like weird random stuff there? Not that I wouldn't go there in a heartbeat if I were going to, if I were to go to Vegas again or something. I was like, don't they have like, like Dahmer's toothbrush they just have like anything that's like tangentially related to like a scary thing yeah and he was like yeah they have the chair that the doctor sat on when he administered michael jackson too much propofol and i was like ah that just makes me sad what a weird item though it is it's just it feels bleak. And it's like four chair? steps removed. Yeah. yeah, it's it's so far away. It's so weird. Yeah, first of all, it's not even touching his skin. There's, you know, a thin layer of gabardine between, you know, the actual man. Hopefully more than just a thin layer of gabardine on, like, Kramer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe there's some, you know, fruit or some looms. Perhaps. <laughs> one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah, totally. I'm thrilled to hear that. I, I guess I'd like to see it in person. <clears throat> I'd have yeah, to already sure. be in Las Vegas, obviously. Absolutely, which yeah. I don't plan on doing again if if I have my way. You're not a fan? No, I went there for like four years in a row. For First, I went with our sisters for just like a normal trip, not knowing how could I. That'd be going for the next like either three or four years for hair conventions. Right. I went there like a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. Yeah, I've never been. Yeah, um, you're good. 
I have I have something that's not quite an update. Okay. I have something that I want to posit almost because I want help from people out there. I'm going to describe something to you now that's very hard to describe. Okay. Um, and I don't think it's going to be relatable in the least. Mm-hmm. I remembered something about Iceland. Okay. That I then tried to look up to be like, oh, why did I experience that? So I assumed it was a completely reasonable thing that we were experiencing. Yeah. And almost no one's talking about it online. So I'm very curious about this. So in Iceland, they're they're known for a million things, but one of them is the Blue Lagoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this outside spring. The water, I believe, is heated literally by volcanoes. It's crazy. That's so cool. In the area, it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, you can go. You can get like a free mud mask, whatever, and you float around. It looked awesome. Yeah, there's like a dockside bar thing. It was, it was wonderful. Yeah. Now, I don't go swimming much, mm-hmm. whatever. So I experienced something that I chalked up to like – experiencing weightlessness for the first time. Oh, damn, that's what I was going to joke. You're like, I got in there and I could float. Has anybody else experienced this? Is this supposed to happen? You go in water and you float? Or anyway, well, first of it. all, I sank like a stone because <laughs> there's an incline that you're supposed to walk down as you're like supposed to walk into the water, yeah. basically. So you're walking down this like little ramp and I slipped and fell. Did you? <laughs> I really did. I just like thudded like a big baby. <laughs> that's really and funny. And then I just scooted on my butt like a dog. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't stand back up. It was all slimy. It was all slippery. I really did. So you just had to sit the whole time? I mean, you probably would be well, you're sitting anyway, around. right? The yeah, water yeah. is only yeah, it's like, like low. knee deep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really funny. Yeah, I was like, whatever. Yeah. Roll with it. Yeah. But so I experienced something. Didn't didn't bring it up to, to Allie or Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, I experienced, you know, like when you crack your neck? Yeah. Or like you'll just like move your arm and you're... Like your bones will like pop as if you're, you know, cracking your knuckles or something yeah, like that. You you remarked on me standing up after the last show and you're like, what was that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Kristen sounded like a jingly, jangly skeleton at the end of our last show. It was shocking. <laughs> it was my lower back. Yeah. No, but I, everybody yeah. does it. I yeah. just, it sometimes is super audible. That was really When I thing. like am around my period, it's very audible. Oh, really? And I was. So yeah. yeah. Allie will, will be like watching a movie and she'll just like move her head to the side and it's like a thousand skeletons. Yeah. Like playing a xylophone. It's crazy. Um, so I experienced that like straight down my spine. Whoa. Straight down my spine. Just like – like almost all in one as if it was just happening like in a in a burst. Like up Whoa. and down my spine. Didn't didn't mention it because I thought it was my bones. Yeah. And then at one point, Allie or Michael goes, do either one of you feel that? And we started to realize that they were happening uh, uh, synchronistically. So I would experience it and not say a word and look at Allie, who yeah. would go, I felt it too. Could it be the volcano doing something that like vibrated up your back? That's what we 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 like discussed like a few possibilities. Is yeah. there just sort of like an electrical current? Like it was almost I'm gonna say something insane. Uh-huh. It almost at a certain point when I realized it wasn't my bones cracking and I was trying to self-diagnose the happening on my spine, I was like Am I like sensing something with my spine? It almost was as if as if I was hearing. Yeah. Hearing a cracking sound, a series of cracks, but not through my ears, like through my body, specifically through my spine. What the hell? Uh, and it was like at the base of my neck. It felt like it was like probably at my like brainstem and going down my spine. Now, we it became so So it was you're just saying brainstem and down as for the area, but it was an upward feeling. I don't remember if it was upwards now. Okay. I mean that's way too specific. It just yeah. kind of happened. Huh. But uh it became so 
fact of the matter and commonplace, we stopped talking about it. Yeah. We were in the Blue Lagoon for like a couple hours. Yeah. So it was just at a certain point, not a topic of conversation. Who cares? We're just all experiencing it. But even still, periodically, I would be like, you're still feeling it, right? And it would seemingly happen simultaneously, all three of us. Now, I forgot about it. Yeah. We did that the first day that we arrived in Iceland. We were there for a week. Yeah. So uh, I only got around to thinking about it again yesterday, the day before. Mm-hmm. Googled it. No one's talking about this. There, there's no one referencing it because I would get like I would look for like Blue Lagoon, uh, tingling Blue Lagoon yeah. spine, Blue Lagoon like cracking feeling, whatever. I found one result of somebody talking about this on Reddit, mm-hmm. and nobody posited a theory, an answer, anything. What they posted was it what you guys experienced? Yes, it's the it, same kind of thing. It at the very okay. least confirmed that I I'm not a maniac. Somebody else's somebody yeah. else has experienced this there and could not figure it out. That's so about. weird. Now, maybe it could also be maybe I'm not using the right terminology I know. and therefore I'm not getting the You're right not articles. unlocking the right Google search. Hence why I'm bringing it up on the show. Yeah. It's an unknown phenomenon that I experienced that until the other day, I wouldn't have called a phenomenon. I right. would have just called like, oh, this has got to be a thing that happens when you're in the blue lagoon. Yes. Yeah. But now that I, at least from where I sit right now, as of this recording, the fact that nobody talks about it except for one person on Reddit leads me to believe that uh, maybe most people haven't experienced it yeah. or uh, maybe no one's really noticed that it's as weird as it is. What is causing the crack up your back in the blue lagoon? That is so weird. Isn't that strange? Yes. What things did you search? You searched, you searched tingling. You searched cracking yeah. back. Cracking, like like bones crack. Like, up spine. Yeah. Sp- yeah. It would Because everything would come up yeah. like blue lagoon. You know how Google will be like, yeah. this, I gave you this result, result, but it didn't have the word spine in it. Right, anywhere. right. Or, so, oh, I hate when that happens. I you're know. like, ooh, there are all these results. And you're like, they're oh, missing the main me. thing I you need to You ignored the bulk of what I wanted. Right. Which is why, again, I feel like maybe I'm just not thinking of it correctly or I'm lacking a technological term mm-hmm. for the experience that would maybe be the key. Try, did you try uh, Googling like Healing Waters Blue Lagoon Iceland? I didn't. Because I know that, I think it's the Dead Sea, so it's a totally different thing. Sure. But I think that those waters are supposed to be healing, so I wonder if, I don't know, I just wonder if anything would come up if you Googled that, that could be helpful. Because it's another body of water that also involves mud that's supposed to be like, it, it has a whole thing about being healing. Huh. So I wonder if this could be its twin. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, like we could sit here and research it, but I'm not yeah. confident that we would find anything. Yeah. Um, here, here's the, here's the, I just found the same Reddit thing. Yeah. Loved the Blue Lagoon, but what was the clicking noise? Um, <laughs> this is so weird. This was posted in December 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, just back from Iceland, absolutely amazing, but we found a phenomenon on the Blue Lagoon where if you submerge your shoulders and neck in places, you could hear a quite loud clicking noise, like a whole lot of crickets. It felt like the noise was in our heads, coming from the back of our necks or spine. Presumably, it's some sort of frequency our bones are picking up. That is crazy. And then people are saying, people are giving like joke answers. Yeah. It's the sound the elves make when the Blue Lagoon staff drowns them in the lava fields. (laughs) Never heard of this before and can't really imagine what it is. You know, like, yeah, right. You can't really like wrap your head around it unless you've experienced it, it sounds like. Yeah. And then somebody posted in support. Also curious. We noticed this in August. It was more prevalent in certain areas. But yeah, you can feel it too. So it's strange. It's got to be some sort of like seismic thing happening. Yeah. I also heard that clicking sound and thought there was something wrong with my spine. This is so weird. I really hope 
a listener out there has some yeah. sort of idea. Does anybody? I'm so curious. Does That's anybody really have an answer? Very interested to know. It's such a weird phenomenon. I'm surprised from phenomenon. It's surprising that there aren't more like articles about it or something. Like, hey, everybody, like, why aren't we talking about the weird blue yeah. lagoon feeling? And especially like, it's almost something that like convinces you that you're having your own individual experience. Yeah, yeah. It didn't occur to me that the anyone else would feel the crack. Right, because it's your feeling. own back. You're like, oh, it's yeah. something happening in my physical body. Yeah, so I, it's almost weird that it even came up in the first place. Yeah. I don't remember if I said – I have a tendency to just like announce weird things about myself uh-huh. or just like I'm, I'm you know, kind of floaty yeah. about about stuff like this. So there's a decent chance that I, I went like, I'm experiencing something I'm with exper- my spot. You know? I'm experiencing a phenomenon. Yeah, there's a very yeah. good chance that I said that. Yeah. Whoever vocalized it first, that's the only reason why we all three triangulated and realized we right. were having the same experience. Right. That maybe most other people just go like, oh, I thought there was something wrong with my back. I didn't want to say anything because I was right. so scared. Right. Right. That's wild. So here we go. It's out in the open now. Yeah. Uh, here it is. We said it. We said it. Does anybody know? Get at us at GTTU pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, GTTU pod at Mm -hmm. gmail.com. If anybody has any answers, I'm all ears. Yeah, I'm very curious. And mostly spine. Yeah. I'll listen to you. You hear with your spine now. I'll listen to your message through my spine. Right. Also, since I'm talking to the listeners, little brother, I'm still listening. Where have you gone? I was thinking about that recently. Come in, little brother. Yeah. It might be time to share the story. Yeah, maybe because it sounds like. There might be some radio silence from Little Brother. Little Brother's gone If you want dark. the story to continue, Little Brother, yes. reach out. You have one week, Little Brother. Yeah, that's a good... Seven that's fair. Days. Anyway, <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. All I got. Yeah. Well, William, keep it rolling. You go first. I'm going to go first? Yeah. Cool. All right. I'm going to warn everybody. Okay. By me going first, you are about to hear spoilers for a ton of movies, TV shows, because is it Michael Keaton's entire discography? No, discography. Yeah, Kristen yeah. got a spoiler of what I of, of part of my topic anyway. <laughs> I freaked out. Freaked out. Yeah, Kristen had the most bizarre reaction. What do you think my topic is? Let's let's have fun. EVPs or why, something? Though? What, yeah, explain to the listeners okay. what happened. Why you think you know my topic? Okay, so like we were setting up for tonight. And I saw that Will had the Wikipedia page for white noise set up on his computer that we, we've talked about it a bunch of times on the show, actually. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, it's a Michael Keaton movie from like, I don't know, the late 90s, early 2000s or something about EVPs, electronic voice phenomenon, like ghosts talking to you through audio. And I keep meaning to watch it, but I just keep forgetting to watch it. So when I saw it up, I was like, oh, did you watch that? Because Her reaction was so severe. She's like, white noise, did you watch that? Did you watch white noise? As if it's like... Some holy grail of films. Did you watch White Noise? And I, I was I stunned. Know. It like froze me to the spot. I was, I, I, I didn't know how to answer because I didn't know if you were happy or furious. I couldn't tell what was Both. going on. Yeah, <laughs> I have. It was totally visceral. I can't explain to you what was going on. I don't know. I don't yeah, know if why anybody knows what happens way. to yeah. Kristen when she hears about White Noise, please write in. Please, we please. need to know. We got to find out. So yeah, I think EVP. But now you're talking about how like they're movies and things are going to be setting and spoiling that makes it sound like it's more movie and tv specific yeah is it evps in movies you're getting closer that's some pretty good detective work to be honest okay so my topic is uh kind of weird it's i don't think it's anything that we've ever really done on the show before yeah Um, breaking new ground yeah but i uh ali and i just finally started watching the haunting of hill house yeah um after having countless people tell me that we i gotta watch it and i just dragged my feet wasn't avoiding it just hadn't watched it Mm -hmm. finally we're into it 
but I'm only like five or six episodes in. Yeah. And it's scaring the hell out of me. Yeah. It's really scary. It's, it's so very creepy. Scary. And and for whatever reason, like nothing else, ghosts, mm-hmm. specifically ghost stories, really just like bounce around in my skull. They reverberate in my head and yeah. I can't stop thinking about somebody watching me from the shadows. Oh and, yeah. Oh man. I mean it's a freaky concept. Yeah. Like it's one thing to be scared of and you can be scared of both, but it's one thing to be scared of like killers or whatever. But like if you're watching something about killers and it's scaring you, you still know there isn't a killer in the room with you. Right. But ghosts, they could be everywhere. Yeah. So you'd be watching something, something that's freaking you out and be like for all I know, this thing that's scaring me right now is all around me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's absolutely true. So like it has it has got me experiencing things that I have not experienced in years. Tingles up the spine. Well, you just experienced that in the Blue Lagoon. Crails. Well. Um, no, like that that feeling of turning off the lights and then having to run up the oh, stairs because yeah. you imagine ghost hands reaching out at your feet as you're running away. That show Paranormal Witness really does that to me. Oh, really? It's so scary. It's really good. It's like both a rush and really unpleasant at the yeah, same time. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But yeah, it's I've been getting freaked out walking the dog yeah. and looking at like every shadow, looking down people's driveways. Honestly, I did something weird. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't really do anything. But walking the dog, a lot of people's houses, they just had the lights on yeah. inside their houses. And so I would just like kind of, you know, as you're walking, you look around. So mm-hmm. I would glance up and look at somebody's house and imagine what if somebody was just standing in their living room with all the lights on Ugh. looking out their windows at me. And that was a new one. That was yeah. like, I'm usually afraid of being it at home yeah. and people outside looking through my windows in at me. Now it's mm-hmm. like, oh, but if I'm outside, what if people in yeah, their homes reverse. were all watching me? It's the same principle. I guess you don't like that there's some sort of barrier that's supposed to be there societally. An untrustworthy is, barrier. That somebody is breaching in yeah. a way. I think it's because, you know, the barrier is there. Yeah. However... <laughs> It's not much of a barrier. Exactly. They can still affect you. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And if they really want to, I mean, what's to stop them from getting through that glass? Totally. Nothing. No. Uh, yeah. So anyway. You think veils are thin? Try windows. <laughs> oh, <boy>. oh. <laughs> Machi, machi. Anyway. <laughs> so all this is to say I'm presently feeling very ghostly. <laughs> jumpy. Yes. Yeah. Very jumpy, very ghosty. Yeah. And so I picked a topic. Uh, this is sort of a supercut mm-hmm. of a particular type of ghost story, which I'm uh, vaguely fascinated with because uh, I mostly think it's kind of stupid. Yeah. I'm going to tell you all about ghosts in media and the various types of electronics they haunt. Okay. <laughs> that is a goofy thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's super weird. So it's like a master cut. So yeah. uh, let's let's start off with probably the most famous like techno ghost Story. Let's yeah. talk about Ringu. White noise. Ringu. White noise. <laughs> we'll kind of get to white noise. I don't even really have anything to say about it. Oh, I do. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> I don't really. Machi, I haven't machi. seen it in a long time. So, um, uh, the ring, right? You, you. I think everybody's familiar at least with the concept of mm. you watch a tape and it's got a bunch of spooky imagery on it. It looks like a '90s Nine Inch Nails music video, yeah. and then you get a phone call, and on the other end of the phone, a voice goes, Seven days. Seven days later, all these people are found dead. Yeah. So I'm going to talk to you briefly mm-hmm. about the reason for this. Okay. The reason they're dead? Yeah. I'm going to okay. tell you about the fictional movie reason why yeah. this happens. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it all started with a Japanese movie called Ringu, possibly based on a novel. My research is not that intense. Mm-hmm. But um, essentially, it all boils down to the following idea. Little girl is psychic. Yeah. Her family kills her by pushing her in a well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she survived the fall. 
and lasted for seven days because you see, you can live for seven days without food and water before you right. finally perish. Mm-hmm. And uh, because she was psychic, uh, question mark, question mark, question mark, a bunch of VHS tapes were imbued with imagery. Yeah, do and- we know? What's going on? The numerous sequels and prequels tell us, uh, and it ain't a great answer. Okay. Um, but yeah, I've never seen any sequel or prequel. Any of them? No. Uh, what happens to The Ring 2? Is is Naomi Watts still in The Ring 2? Yes. Maybe I have seen The Ring 2. Yeah. But I don't remember it at all. It's not good. Yeah. Um, the Ring as a standalone story is mm. really neat and yeah. really clean. No, and it's good. People see this halo effect, this mm-hmm. circle. Um, that looks like light is emanating. It almost looks like a solar eclipse or something like yeah. that. That is what uh, the young, depending on the version you're watching, it's either Sadako in the Japanese version or Samara Morgan mm-hmm. in the American remake. Uh, that is her uh, point of view of a, a stone being pushed over the top of the well, yeah. blotting out the light. And so that is, being the last thing that she ever saw appears before her victims. Right. And at the end of the seven days... If they are still cursed, uh, their television will turn on, Mm -hmm. showing just a static shot of the well as Samara Morgan begins to climb out of it and walk toward the TV with her, you know, waterlogged face and her wet hair uh, hanging like sheets in front of her. Yeah. She'll climb out of the TV and stomp over toward you. And then somebody else finds you dead. We don't even see how she kills people. Yeah, you look like. Yeah, their their faces yeah. are all hung open. Yeah, and they look like they're turned gray. Do that just remind me? That was like an early MySpace profile picture for me. I was doing a face like the ring. Oh, really? <laughs> Got me. Yeah. The ring face became like just like a trope in horror. Yeah. You know, like anytime somebody is possessed, or they whatever. had like a hori- horrifying final face that's frozen. Yeah. 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 Or like it'll be a jump scare that somebody's mouth hangs too far. Yeah. Open. Whoa! Oh, I don't like that. No one likes it. <laughs> It's it's objectively scary, but not yeah. if you do it in every single movie. I still don't like it when it happens. I think it's, it's, it's gross. I think it's more distracting than anything now because I'm like, you're all yes, co- you're like copying each other's yeah. homework. It's like a room full of students. Does that happen that much anymore, though? I don't think so, right? Um, it happened in the Honeyville House, which I, I greatly remember. respect and admire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But like, it's like it's like there's a room full of students. Yeah, one kid is filling out the test, and and. Literally the every test other is, kid. What is a scary face? Yeah, and question. literally every other kid is copying off of them. Yeah, like a, a, yeah. forty students and everyone's craned over to look at the one kid's page. Who originated it? And then everyone else just took it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so the the singular story of the ring. Uh, they find out that it's Samara Morgan or Sadako, whatever, and then Naomi Watts. I'm just going to use Naomi Watts as if she's in both sure. versions. She figures out where the well is and goes to you know get. Uh, Samara Morgan's body to give mm-hmm. her a proper burial, mm-hmm. only to find out that's actually making it worse. Yeah, uh, you should have left that kid in the well, <laughs> and the the virus spreads further. The only way that you can get rid of the curse is by making a copy of the tape, right, and playing it for someone else. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. only way to get the curse off having, your back, put, having the kid push it in, right, or something, yeah. so the kid is officially doing it, so they'll be safe. Yes, yeah, because the kid watched the tape and he right. shouldn't have. He didn't know what he was doing. Right. Oh, that's the worst. Oh man, that part. It's a great. I, yeah. yeah, no, it's a good movie. It's it's responsible for a million knockoffs, rip offs and spinoffs yeah, and stuff. Yeah, so then you but, can sometimes in hindsight look back and be like, oh, you know, crappy movies like The Ring and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But a lot of times the original is great and that's why it's spun off so much stuff that some of it happened to be crap. Exactly. It's, it's crap. It's awesome. Yeah. So uh, now here's the thing. We're now going to leave the realm of the good story. I'm going to tell uh-huh. you what I've been able to figure out about the various other versions. Yeah, how a VHS tape got mixed up in this. Yeah. 
Um, uh, uh, so depending on the version that you watch, and if you look up the Wikipedia page for this stuff, in America, there is, uh, the ring, mm-hmm. the ring two and rings. Mm-hmm. If you look at the Japanese Ringu series, there's like 10 movies. Oh, wow. She, uh, uh, Sadako mm-hmm. has become an icon over there, similar to the way that like Freddy Krueger became an icon here. Oh, in, like, that's the 80s. cool. Yeah. So she's thrown out the first pitch at baseball games. I, seriously. She's like, that's amazing. Yeah. She's like in advertisements for essentially like 7 Eleven. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know? That's really funny. Super popular. Now, the story is like really hard to track because there are obviously so many sequels. It's like trying to say in like five sentences what Jason Voorhees is. It's like, well, depending on the movie, he's a million yeah. different things. So who knows? Right. But here's some of the stuff that's been said about her. Yeah. Uh, her mother uh, uh, slept with a uh, what they called a sea demon okay. on Wikipedia, but was an incubus. Mm-hmm. Which I kind of wish they just said that. Yeah, it seemed w- way weirder. Like she slept with like a sea dragon. Yeah, right, right. Uh, rather than like a humanoid demon. Right. And that is where uh, Sadako came from. Okay. Uh, that she got smallpox, mm-hmm. and that they start uh, essentially at some point they tried to explain the ring curse as the ring virus. Okay. And tried to give it a somewhat plausible medical explanation, which is that Sadako's DNA was combined with smallpox, and so therefore it would infect people very much like a disease, and that if you had not passed on the curse slash virus at the end of the seven days, there was a clot that was building in you, uh-huh. and uh, if you have not passed it on at the end of the seven days, the clot will fill one of your arteries, and you'll die of like, you know, like whatever, yeah, whatever, like a yeah, blood yeah. clot. But and I, it's I like, well, that's, that's not interesting or spooky. I know. Say, I guess that's like a very like probably not actually scientific, but a more fact-based explanation yeah. for how this happens. But that's not what we're here for. Exactly. It's just it's just not fascinating. Yeah. In some versions, she's trying to resurrect herself. Like this was given at one point as like the ultimate goal of Sadako mm-hmm. was that um, she's said to have had both sets of reproductive organs and so she was incapable of having a child herself. Mm-hmm. And then when she died, she made it her dying wish slash last curse that she would like impregnate women who have seen the tape. Okay. And then um they would give birth to Sadako. Like a, yeah. And she would and then she like ages back into her like adult form within yeah. just like a matter of a few hours. Okay. Um I, I But again, how does this how does this connect to the VHS tape? It doesn't. Oh I think okay. the only connection there in like the American version, yeah. she watched TV endlessly. Okay. And like they did tests on her where they were recording her. Uh, oh, and so she yeah. was like she was like obsessed with movies and TV and tapes and stuff. Okay. So like I I, I always took it as like some imprint of her psychic ability right. created the tape and because okay. she's a spooky ghost yeah, it I kept her alive. Remember. But like in the Japanese yeah. version, I maybe there's an answer to that. I just didn't get it. Yeah. Um, but then there's this. Sadako versus Kayako. Mm-hmm. Does, does this ring a bell to you at all? Do you know what this no, is? No. So there's the ring franchise. French, 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 French franchise. Yeah. And the grudge okay. franchise. Both of which. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. So they did like a Freddy versus Jason sort of thing. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, Sadako from the ring versus Kayako from the grudge. Yeah. Who's also absolutely terrifying. Yes. Yes. Uh, spoiler alert now for Sadako versus Kayako. Okay. Okay. Um, they shortened the seven days down to two days. Okay. Somebody had both. Let's tighten this up. Yeah. I think there are two uh, women that each have one of the curses. So one of them has the grudge curse. One of them has the ring curse. And they're basically being like, well, what happens if we get Kadako 
Kayako and Sadako in the same room at the same time. Yeah. Maybe it's one person who gets two, both curses. Yep. Either yeah. way, here's what it results in. Sadako and Kayako are both pushed into a well. Okay. Uh, where you would think they'd be defeated. Yeah. Or something, or trapped. Yeah. But no. They emerge combined into a single being called Sadakaya. Oh, boy. And now there is... That sounds like trouble. <laughs> and now there is a single ghost monster that has both the attributes of Sadako and Kayako. Oh, my God. So she does like the clip like, uh, uh, of the grudge, Ugh. but like emerges from a well and does VHS tape stuff. They tried to bury us. They didn't realize we were seeds. We could combine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you about that. But uh, all of this, essentially, there are people that say that um, the, the, the ring story may be based on um, a Japanese legend of Okiku. So Okiku, there was a, a woman and she was being like, like a lot of folklore, it's, you know, a guy being like, you will become my lover or else. Yeah, yeah. She was like, no. I will take you for my wife. Yeah. And so uh, she was given, she was like supposed to like collect all these plates, like all these like plates that the family that she worked for had. Yeah. And so there were supposed to be 10 plates, but she could only find nine. Maybe the 10th broke, something like that. Okay. Um, either way, uh she was thrown down a well to her death because she refused to become this guy's lover. Yeah. And it is said that Okiku became a vengeful spirit who tormented her murderer by counting to nine and then making a terrible shriek to represent the missing 10th plate. Oh, man. Or perhaps she had tormented herself and was trying to find the 10th plate, but cried out in agony when she Whenever never she could. Whenever she couldn't find it. Ooh. In some versions of the story, the torment continued until an exorcist or neighbor shouted, 10, in a loud voice. Uh, at the end of her count, her ghost finally relieved that someone had found the plate for her, haunted them no more. Oh, okay. It's kind of interesting. Sort yeah. of like a classic kind of like, like somewhat easy fix. Yeah, too. not terrible. Once you figure it out, true. You know, true. But yeah, I guess like the curse will continue, thrown down the well, kind of thing. Yeah, but also yeah. just like I, I liked it as a fun yeah, legend. I do too. All right, all my other stuff is way shorter than that. Okay. All right, let's move on to some of the ring knockoffs. Okay. So uh, the ring became insanely popular, as we all know. Mm -hmm. It was about haunted technology, uh, and a bunch of people went, oh, we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Enter the movie One Missed Call. Do you know what this is? Uh, not really. It like rings a bell, but not really. All right. Spoiler alert for One Missed Call. Shannon Sossaman. Okay. Stars, okay yep. stars in this thriller. Mm -hmm. where oh, you... she of the best hair of like the 2090s. Every like funky girl yeah. wanted hair like Shannon Sossaman. Uh, so in this movie, you get a phone call on your fancy new cell phone mm -hmm. uh but the call just went straight to voicemail well, and that's the, weird and the date on the voicemail is in the future how could this have happened what when you listen to it it's the sound of your own death oh okay and so effectively what has been communicated is that uh you will die at this time and yeah. here's what it's gonna sound like right so you might hear the sound of a truck yeah in there uh, and then on the day and time, as you're still scrambling to figure out how you can avert your own death, you're like, well, there's no truck, so I'm safe. Yeah. And then a truck comes barreling around the corner. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Or right. you assume you're going to get run over by the truck. So you, you know, run up a fire escape only to find <laughs> out you die by falling off a fire escape. Right. There's just a truck that happens to be nearby. Yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, pretty cool idea. It's a very cool idea. Yeah. I'm actually pretty on board with that as a concept. Yeah. Very scary. Audio is fun. I like it. Yeah, because it gives you a lot of things to imagine, but you obviously didn't, you didn't see, see it. it. So you don't know for sure. But yeah, here's the, the other date. Yeah. But here's the problem when you die, a bunch of red hard candies appear in your mouth. What? 
What do you mean? Do they just look like red hard candies? No. They're actually red hard candies. Yes. What are we talking about? Like c- cinnamon cinnamon discs? I don't know for sure. <laughs> but some sort of off-brand red hard candy. What the hell? What do you mean? A Tic Tac. Mike and Ike's are kind of chewy. I don't know. Yeah, and they're not red. That's white and magenta. So here's what it boils down to. Okay. The main characters are trying to solve this thing. You know, they get their own voice calls, voicemails where they're like, I'm going to die in three days because of the timestamp on my voicemail. What? What? <laughs> and uh, they start to track down the following. This is where, this is where I'm just going to tell you this story because it's, it's, it's insane. I want to hear it. They find out about uh, they're they're getting the original voicemail came from a lady that was called like Marie so and so. They find out that Marie was a mother of two girls, and one of the girls was being admitted to the hospital all the time. Mm-hmm. And so Marie was an abusive mother who obviously would beat up her kid, and the kid would have to go, you know, get healed up mm-hmm. constantly. Um, Marie died in a fire a long time ago. So maybe she's some sort of like a vengeful hmm. ghost, whatever. They they finally track down like the place where she was, everything. They find her dead body, her burned body. And as they, they open her mouth, yummy, opening way too wide. Yum yum candy. Yum yum eat em ups come <laughs> spilling out. Oh no. It's the darndest and they're scared. So they start to run and while they're running they get a phone call. The timestamp, like two minutes ago, they realize that they're a ghost running away from this. Marie kills them. Give me back my yummy Give me my cinnamon gummy bears. So so they find the, the dead body of Marie and they get another phone call and the corpse pops into action and attacks them. All right. This has all been misinformation. Marie wasn't the killer. She was one of the victims. <gasps> one of the daughters. The Why one is who, she attacking? The one of, she wasn't attacking. She was trying to protect them. Oh, oh. Her panic was misconstrued. Yes. That's the worst thing that can happen in a situation like this. In the moment, in Shannon Sossaman's panic, she misunderstood the actions of the corpse. It's a simple mistake that it anyone could make. It could happen to anyone, make. even Shannon Sossaman with her little bangs. It turns out the other daughter, the yeah. one that wasn't going to the hospital all the time, had been injuring her own sister okay and when the mom found out she whisked that good daughter away yeah leaving the bad daughter behind and somehow the bad daughter suffocated to death i don't remember how <laughs> okay <laughs> but she was trying to call her mom for help yeah, her yeah, mom yeah was running away from her so she died calling her mother oh. for help then her mom died in the fire her mom was the first victim of the curse okay her mom was the first victim here of the we curse. go then the ghost shows up uh, they think they defeated the ghost and they find out they didn't. <laughs> sure. So whatever. That so that's right. So that there can be more uh, one missed call movies. More so there? there can be two missed two, calls. I would say two missed calls. <laughs> two missed call. Yeah. <laughs> one missed call. Two missed call. Two missed call. <laughs> whatever. All right. There's another movie called Pulse. Okay. It's about a computer virus that connects the worlds of the living and the dead. Okay. It is written by Stephen King. Written by Wes Craven. Okay disappointing yeah well you know what can you do a long prolific career yeah. it's gotta have some dips moving on yeah uh haunted cameras uh-huh uh twilight zone goosebumps and are you afraid of the dark each did episodes about a camera that can either see the future or when you take a, a picture the people in the photograph befall an unfortunate fate this ties into my subject a little bit is that right just in a small way but yes oh that's very interesting yeah, yeah. we actually did uh bobby and i my longtime writing partner our buddy we did an episode i think of either Studio Rejects or Will and Bobby Know Everything, where we mm-hmm. did a trio looking at that trope yeah. of storytelling of the camera 
where the subjects befall uh, an unfortunate fate. And so we took a look at all three of these episodes, comparing the different ways that they use the story yeah. or build off of each other. Um, and it was super fun to do. Go look it up. It's definitely still online. Yeah. Um, there's also a video game called Fatal Frame mm-hmm. where um, – you're supposed to find ghosts by taking pictures. Uh-huh. The ghosts will show up oh, in photographs. Oh, that's really cool. And it looks terrible. I've never played it. I I've would really it. like to play it. It looks absolutely horrifying. Yeah, very scary because it's it's going to be sudden. It yeah. can't not be sudden. Yeah. All right. And then there's this movie, Shudder, yeah. starring Pacey from Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Joshua Jackson. Yes. So uh, this movie, I'm not going to get into it too far. These all sound great. Just based on it being Pacey, it sounds great to me Yeah, already. totally. Yeah. yeah. Spoilers for Shudder. Mm-hmm. Pacey, for Pacey. Pacey and his wife are driving down the road when they drive into a, a woman that's crossing the street. Uh-huh. They find out, oh, we didn't run over anyone. That was a ghost. Oh, my God. That was a ghost. That was a freaking ghost, I Pacey. can't even. I know, Tiffany. <laughs> he talks like that, too. <laughs> so... <laughs> they uh now they're they're cursed forever they're take they find out like through taking pictures of their friends and stuff that their friends look screwed up in photos that was yeah. also a thing in the ring by the way you take a picture of somebody's curse their face is all swirled. oh yeah that's right yeah. yeah but uh so people are like marked to die people start dying based on the photographs whatever they're cursed pacey starts like hunching over <laughs> like everywhere he goes his bones are all like getting mushed up and it's like his shoulders hurt all the time yeah and he's like held down so when he cursed him mushy yeah. instead of cursing him thinner. Cursed him mushy. Yeah. Uh, and then here's how this resolves. The ghost attacks. But wait a minute. She wasn't trying to attack us. She was trying to protect us. Oh, my God. Another fake out. In the stress of the attack, I misunderstood the, the actions of the ghost. I can't believe I did that. It seemed honest at the time. But now I understand that she was trying to protect me. Man, what are the chances what a good idea. in Shudder and in Oneness Call? <laughs> what a good idea. You only need to start taking ghosts, like, assume the best. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Ghosts are here to help you. Yeah. So the ghost is trying to protect not both of them, mm-hmm. just her. <gasps> Pacey is a bad guy. Pacey had a relationship with this woman with who the became ghost the woman? ghost. Yeah. Oh, no. A long time ago. And she was, I think I'm getting this right, she was stalking him because uh-huh. he wouldn't. He like wouldn't return her calls and stuff, uh-huh. whatever. And then he was going to try to blackmail her, question mark, okay. by having his friends attack and sexually assault her. Oh, my God. Question mark, question mark, question mark. And like take pictures or something? Yes. So Ugh. his friends are the ones that got what killed. What year did this come out? Like 2008. <laughs> his friends are the ones that got killed. Mm-hmm. And Pacey, for some reason, didn't die. And he's like, well, no, like I didn't do anything. I was just there. Yeah. I didn't do anything. I was just there. Meanwhile, like. Yeah, that's why all this happened, you yeah, idiot. Right. Why you're yeah. You orchestrated. So here's it. what it is. He's been walking around all hunched up and everything. They take a picture of him. Uh-huh. She's been sitting on his shoulders. Oh. All this time. That's pretty sweet. She's been standing on his back and weighing him down and just being like saddling him down that's this entire time. Scary. And will not stop. That is scary. So his wife gets away from him. Yeah. Uh, and then what happens to him is that in trying to get away from the ghost or just like scrambling around freaking out, he ends up having like some sort of a severe accident that leaves him bedridden and essentially like catatonic. He's like in a coma. Okay. Um, and he's hunched over even in his hospital bed. Yeah. Because the ghost of the woman. Yeah. Is still standing on his shoulders. A That's constant crazy. reminder. That's crazy. 
Yeah, he's stuck with her for the rest of his life. That's nuts. That's not insane. Yes. Does she ever sit? Is she always like full standing? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder. I remembered the only re- reason this movie's in my research. Yeah, is because I saw the last five minutes of this movie. Uh huh. Whenever it probably came out on video. Yeah. It's probably on TV. I got the last five minutes of Pacey being like, <laughs> "You got to calm down, hon." And I was like, "What the <laughs> hell is this?" Yeah. And then. uh uh, I remembered it playing out as like the ghost attacking him, but nothing else. Maybe I like, you know, landed on it. I was like, screw this and moved on. Right. I didn't remember any of the rest of the plot. Yeah. But it stuck in my head always as like, I wonder if that was any good. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the story, but I really like the resolution. Uh huh. That's very scary. That's totally scary. Very, very I scary. I wonder if, if he's like, since he's like bedridden, I wonder if she's ever kind of like sitting on his shoulders with like her feet kind of like on the back wall kind of thing, just sort of like. Hunch, like still pushing, pushing him forward, and he's still hunching forward, but she just like needs a rest every once in a while. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that's like that's a, a very unusual thing I've never heard I've, of. That's really cool. Yeah, it's I really like cool. That. That's a really good idea. Yeah. For like a ring knockoff, yeah. especially. Like I that's one of the things that I also love about Wait, our, how was this a ring knockoff anyway? Uh, where does the where does the technology come in? Uh, the camera. The camera oh, takes right, pictures right, right. of people and they're doomed. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um but yeah, like I feel like. Wait, and why does the camera? Why is that happening? Because he was taking pictures of her when she was being attacked. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Um, but like, I feel like there are so many movies that are overlooked or considered crap. Yeah, yeah. When like, and I, I catch, you know, I, I get made fun of for this by by my friends, uh-huh. by you. Uh huh. When like I'll watch a terrible movie over and over because there's one thing in it that I like. Uh huh. But especially in horror, I feel like so many things are usually meant to be bite sized a little bit or concepts yeah. that it's like, I bet there are a lot of really bad movies or yeah. movies that like you would completely overlook because they're direct to DVD or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that probably have like a really rad idea in them somewhere. I'm sure. Yeah. Um. All right. There are some really like uh you know kind of like crap. Uh huh. Kind of concept movies. There's like an elevator that kills people. Okay. It's called D Lift, and it's D Lift. Yeah, and it turns out it's that like it's, the Devil's Lift. Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> turns out it's being controlled by a biomechanical AI that has both like flesh and microchips and yeah, whatever. Not for me. There's a movie called The Video Dead. Okay. Where a writer uh, receives a TV, gets delivered to his house. This is in the '80s. It's yeah. Like a big boxy TV. And uh, he plugs it in. It only has one friggin' channel, this stupid thing. It's broken, banging on it. And it only shows uh, static footage of zombies uh-huh. milling about. You change the channel, it's the same damn thing. Doesn't work. Return it, Matilda. Yeah. Like, whatever. So uh, he unplugs it, and the zombies come out of the TV. Yeah. Sounds good. Sure. And it turns out that it was supposed to be being delivered to like a paranormal research facility, but it accidentally got <laughs> That's really in. funny. Yeah. Wow, that's bad luck. So the zombies come out and kill him? Pretty bad luck. Oh, yeah. I guess they would have killed more people if they were at the paranormal research facility. Yeah, true. So I think it's just supposed to be kind of like wrong place, wrong time. Twist of fate. Yeah, unfortunate. Poltergeist. Obviously, the ghosts yes. seem to communicate through the TV. Yeah, they're here. Yep, one of the best. The dog listens at the television. Oh, it's so good. I love Poltergeist. The static is just playing in the room while they sleep. It's so good. Ah, that movie is is truly wonderful. Mm-hmm. And like, there are a few things that are set up. Um, to like teach you the wrong lesson in a weird way. So the movie opens and uh, Craig T. Nelson is watching TV and the channel starts changing. Yeah. And you know you're watching the movie Poltergeist, so this has got to be paranormal activity. But it turns out right. his neighbor, his remote control works his TV. Dang, things on the fritz. Damn it. Yeah. And so they're having an argument about 
what thing they want to watch because both remotes control both TVs. Yeah. So then by the time you've been so now disarmed that by the time the TV does start acting up, right. you've, you've subtly been taught that there is a rational explanation. Right. And yet the dog is sitting there watching the TV and little Carol Ann yep. seems very entranced by the static. She's sitting too close to it, by the way. She's going to hurt her eyes. Oh, definitely. She has those like blue blockers glasses. Mm. Huh. All right. Haunted Cars, Christine and Maximum Overdrive. Okay, yep. Uh, Christine was directed by John Carpenter. Okay. It's about a kid who gets an old 50s car uh, and then uh, inexplicably begins to start dressing and acting like a 1950s greaser. I've actually never seen it. I've never seen it either, no. Uh, They find out that the car, uh, there's been a lot of death around and in it. People have killed themselves in the car. They've died by choking on donuts next to the car. (laughs) Uh, The police believe that the, the kid who owns the car is the killer because... Paint chips from the car show up at all the crime scenes. So explain that to me. You've been killing all these people. There oh, was I the thought, car. I thought you meant like previous owners had died in it and like eaten a donut and, and choked. It's, it's all while the kid is the owner. These things happen. No, like this car has been around for decades. Oh, okay. So like, you know, yeah, whatever. the kid just got it. Uh, the, if you damage the car, it can heal itself. Uh-huh. And they squash the car and it... I regenerates don't, i don't care maximum overdrive is the first movie ever directed by stephen king uh it's a a, a giant humiliation mm-hmm. um the trailer for it is stephen king <laughs> going like i've told you plenty of scary stories in the past but now i'm really gonna scare the hell out of you oh boy uh, and the movie is absolute i've never seen that yeah it's terrible i think there's a how did this get made about it right I'm sure there is. I feel is. like there is. It's a good candidate for how did this get made. Yeah. Um, they're all the planets align and aliens make machines come to life. What? Okay. That's the plot of the movie. Sidebar. Yeah. There's an, a cameo by Stephen King in the movie. Yeah, that sounds like right. Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. He's getting money out of an ATM. Then the ATM spits all the money all over him and calls him an asshole. So that's the kind of stuff that happens in that movie. That's what's going on there. It sounds good. That's what's happening there. Haunted video games. This is something of a phenomenon. Yeah. In recent years. Creepypastas are very popular. People write their own horror stories, put them online, people share them, and they just essentially like the good ones seem like they really get shared a bunch. Right. There are a million bad ones too. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of them are about haunted Sonic the Hedgehog games where uh, you load up and you're supposed to be in Forest Hill Zone Act one, except you're playing his tails, but he wasn't in Sonic the Hedgehog one. And then the the music when you're drowning in the water starts playing, and then Sonic the Hedgehog sprite shows up, but something's terribly wrong. His eyes are completely black with red pupils, and he is running at you. He's catching up to you no matter how fast you run, and the music is playing, and time is running out, and as soon as he catches you, the screen goes black. <laughs> Good acting, by the way. Well, and then you remember that you're playing a video game, so just turn the damn thing off. Yeah. But there's another story that became very popular. Okay. It's called Ben Drowned. Uh-huh. This is a story that I read and I enjoyed, and I made the mistake of telling, I think, you, Bobby, and Allie about it and mentioned that it scared me. And uh, I don't remember. Maybe I didn't tell you then, but I definitely told them, and then I was not allowed to hear the end of it. I don't remember it, this. It boils down in its barest essence Something like a classic urban legend, except because it's about video games, it feels inherently stupid. Yeah. There's a kid who goes to a garage sale, and there's an old man who's selling stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's just an old man who lives alone, and yet he has a copy of The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask for sale. Mm -hmm. The guy buys it, goes home, 
one of the files. In Zelda, you start a file, they ask you your name. Yeah. You type in your name, and that's your save file. It would say, mine would say Will. Right. Well, really, it would say Link, because I like to play as the hero. <laughs> but you can type in your own name. So he puts the cartridge in. There's already an existing save file for someone named Ben. Okay. He starts his own save file. All the characters call him Ben. Yeah. Uh, hmm. In that game. Even though he puts in his real name. They're yes. still referring to him as Ben. They're still referring okay. to him as Ben. Uh, he's confused. He deletes the original file. They still refer to him. Darn things busted. As Blown Ben. <laughs> Try to clear it out. I just like thinking of everybody who thinks there's a ghost in a machine being like, this darn thing's busted. And, and when there's like abundant evidence that something is wrong. Yeah. Damn things on the fritz. There's like a vampire that's making eye contact with yeah. you. So, <laughs> so in the game, Majora's Mask, I've, it's like one of the only Zelda games I have not beaten. Uh-huh. Uh, humble brag, I've beaten almost every Zelda game. but Not Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask is a very intense game, and it's all about time and death. Even a drowning kid could beat it, Will. <laughs> uh, so the game, you encounter a bunch of characters who have died and who are going through the five stages of grief. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a really dark story. And one of the recurring phrases uh, in the Ben Drowned Creepypasta is, you've met with a terrible fate, haven't you? Ooh, so this creepy like pasta, yeah, it's part of the video game, but it starts popping up in places it's not intended to pop up within the game. Yeah, and yes, of course, the crux of the game is that the video game, uh, the story is that the video game is haunted by a ghost. You have to take that for granted and just have fun and roll with it. Sure. So uh, the story spans multiple parts, and the author also uploaded videos proving that his video game is doing this crazy stuff. Yeah, and the videos are creepy and weird, and the music plays backwards, and like there's just odd stuff happening. And part of the of the idea this is that this sounds awesome. It's great, and I got made fun of it for telling people that I read it and that it scared me. This sounds awesome. And uh, the old man was selling the video game, but there were no kids there. Ben was his son. Or his grandson, and he died. And yeah. so the old man was selling the kid's stuff because he couldn't bear to hold on to it anymore. Or right. did he know? That so, he was passing this on. Yeah, you've met with a terrible fate, haven't mm -hmm. you? Uh, anyway, I urge everyone to go look it up. I've avoided it since I got made fun of for liking it. So wait. But I kind of want to reread it now that I started thinking about it. I mean, it kind of sounds like Dear David. Like Yes, I, yeah, I think that Dear David... Yeah. has a lot of similarities to this. I totally want to look this up because I love Dear David. Very sort so of like this... community driven. Like the people right. that the people that read the story play a part in the story itself because they sort of influenced the direction it went in, I think, because there was so much attention on it. And, yeah. And a lot of people are going like, all right, this is stupid. Shut up. The thing that I find particularly interesting about it is that um, you, you have an idea. Yeah. You write it out. R writing, if you have a good idea and if you know what you're doing – there's there's no limitation on the stuff that you can imagine mm -hmm. and write, mm -hmm. um, which is why I think it's particularly interesting that people were you know calling BS on the story and then the guy started posting videos of it. Yeah, doctoring the the videos and altering the game footage is far more challenging than coming up with the idea. Yeah, so it just exactly. added this sense of like fun realism to it. Totally, um, it's like when the guy I can remember his name is Adam something started posting pictures yes. of your David and video and stuff like that. Suddenly, like it just it's makes way it, different than telling people you saw right, a and ghost. It makes it so real. You know, there are once a couple the ghost pictures. is on film. Yeah, and yeah, looks, I love it. It, and it looks so real and inhuman. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just like on Twitter, you used to feel just like documenting their day and whatever. People do a lot of other stuff with it too. But like putting it in such a commonplace place as Twitter and being like, this is what's happening to me. Like other people are saying like, what's happening to me is I went to this museum, whatever. This is what's happening to me. Like yeah. this is my daily life. I saw and a it's ghost. The same thing. With we don't Reddit. believe you. 
Here's a picture. Right. And it's yeah. the same thing with this Ben Drowns thing on Reddit. Like people just like talk about their stuff. But it was on Creepypasta. So like it was known going in that this is Oh a no. I mean thing. I mean this all started I mean just all creepypastas. Yeah. Unless there are websites where you can write your own creepypasta yeah. and it's a creepypasta you're writing. Right. But I think most of the ones that really became um legends in and of themselves are yeah. things that were posted just on like Reddit or like video game Reddit thread or whatever, yeah, but exactly. it happens to be creepy. Yes. Okay, so it is like the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it just so there, take along the a life of its own. The conceit is that this is real. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I definitely didn't bust your balls about Ben Drowns. It sounds great. Yeah, I, I I advise everyone to read it. Tell me if I'm wrong. I, maybe I am wrong. Maybe maybe all these years later, maybe there was a new thing that was added on to it after I stopped reading it that yeah. makes it seem way more hokey than it did to me at the time. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of want to go back and read it because I remember being like interested in it this and sounds um, awesome <laughs> yeah all right so the final two things i have to say i've been talking a lot are um uh twin peaks and my keaton yeah oh it's coming where it's is coming. he so in twin peaks one of the ideas that they finally got around to explaining a little bit in the third season mm-hmm. the unlikely third season that happened 25 years later so cool is that uh, electricity is modern fire yeah and that the spirits used to to you know group around fires communicate through fire and once we mastered electricity mm-hmm. and filled our homes with it electricity is just another form of fire yeah they were able to enter yeah it's a conduit yeah it's a conduit yeah and so like the fire electrical lines me. that we have built along our highways yeah we're helping the spirits mm-hmm. you know zip like all travel. over the place and stuff yeah really like that idea yeah i do too uh, really weird and out yeah. there and I don't dig it as like an explanation for all of Twin Peaks, but it's, no, a, it's fun, a cool idea. Yeah, it's a yeah. fun part of it. Yeah. So white noise. Yes. All of this comes back to, I think, mm-hmm. the concept of the EVP, the yeah. electronic voice phenomenon, the idea that you can leave a recorder running and you're going to pick up uh, uh, snippets from the spirit world, mm-hmm. phrases, sentences, declarations, get out. Uh, you'll hear a voice on your tape that you can't account for. With everybody that was there. Uh, White Noise is the movie that was made about it with Michael Keaton. Best eyebrows in the game. Best eyebrows, eyebrows in the game. lips. Oh, he knows how to use both. Yeah, absolutely. He's a triple threat with those two eyebrows and that one <laughs> pair of lips. So uh, he um, he can – his wife passed away, mm-hmm. uh, but he's obsessed with finding her essentially. And so he believes that he can hear her through the EVPs. Wait a second. And then does the reverse happen in Jack Frost? He passes away, but is his family obsessed with finding him and he manifests into that snow man? I don't know if they're obsessed with finding him. <laughs> Maybe not. Go ahead. No, a magic harmonica brings him back to life in that one. Anyway, <laughs> okay. It's an interesting point, though. Thank you. Uh, so he... I'm nothing if not a Michael Keaton scholar who doesn't know the plot of Jack Frost. <laughs> You're ahead. a scholar and a gentleman, by yeah. which I mean a Michael Keaton scholar, and he's a gentleman. Thank you. <laughs> so, right on both counts. I think that he starts hearing EVPs for people who are not dead yet. Mm-hmm. And so he realizes that he can oh, save people. From... I just don't remember this movie whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, But really what I mean to say by even bringing up white noise, because mm-hmm. I won't spoil it now because you and I will don't. watch it. Yep. Yeah, I'm excited to watch it. Uh, I think it's interesting that EVP became such a commonplace thing that like, I, almost everybody knows about it, at least in theory. Yeah. And yeah. I think that as technology has progressed, I wonder if it's just always a natural thing to want to incorporate uh, new inventions into old world horror. Because it's fun to just be like, what if it was a werewolf on Twitter? You're right. being f- it follows you on Twitter. Right. But all 
also, I mean, I guess it's kind of natural both in fictional horror and in real life ghost hunting, if we're talking about specifically ghosts and things, to be like, okay, we started out with like dousing rods trying to find ghosts. And as technology right. expanded, we used, I'm sure there were steps between these things, but we started using recorders. So I think it's kind of natural to be like, we have better and better technology. Maybe it can perceive these things better and better. Yeah, exactly. And they're, they're almost like, um, they're almost, uh, like prosthetic tools for us. Yeah. Our eyes aren't as good yeah. as a really good camera. Yeah, exactly. So maybe a camera can pick up something that we can't perceive. Totally. So I think, it, I think it makes a lot of sense. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's just something that kind of interests me. It, it is interesting. A little bit. Cause it does pop up a lot and it does feel like hokey, Yeah, but it also makes sense. Yeah. It's the hokey pokey. Yeah. Got me all turned around. <laughs> so there you go. That's my sort of non topic, but uh, I found that. Yeah. I found that a great topic. There you go. Techno ghosts. Yeah. Techno ghosts. <laughs> Techno ghosts. Zoinks. <laughs> Yowie. <laughs> like wow, Scoob. <laughs> okay. So my topic, Will, is the idea of the occult in the White House. <laughs> okay. Um, so there have been a number of um, presidents and first ladies in the White House, maybe other people too, who knows, yeah. but who have availed themselves of – not the dark – I want to say availed themselves of the dark arts. That's not quite true. I mean, maybe it is. Who the hell knows? But have availed themselves of the mystical realms. Love it. Availed themselves of the mystical realms. I'm used to hearing to like availed yourself of the bathroom. Like I'm used to that being the phrase. So it was like – From me. Who availed themselves. <laughs> Might if I avail myself of the bathroom? There is like the Oval Office – like a commode. I think. <laughs> what do you mean? Isn't there? Well, what, what do you mean? Like, is there a bathroom in the Oval Office? I think there is. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like when you're a kid, like the ultimate is that like, if you move into a house with a room where you have your own bathroom. Oh man. That's yeah. like so sweet. So would the president not have his own bathroom? Like right there. What if you have to go really bad after you're on the phone with Benjamin Netanyahu? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you want easy access. And I would think if anybody can get easy access to almost anything they want, it's the president. Yeah. I wonder if it's fun to like on that first night when you become president, when everyone's been saying to you like, you know, well done, Mr. <laughs> Obama. Well yeah. done. And then they would go like, well, have a good night, Mr. President. President. And close the door. Like, Thank you like, very much. Like it's for... your birthday tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Like, have a good night, President You have a big Obama. day tomorrow, Mr. President. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. For giving me I really appreciate some due respect. Now, here's my next question. Where's the nearest John? Is oh, it in this office? office? Do you think it's an oval John? All Johns are oval. Oh, yeah. I was thinking even more oval. Yeah. <laughs> like an oblong You John. know why? Like the, the oblong The John. knights of the round table sat at the round table, so no one was the head of the table. Right. All toilets are round, so no one's really in charge of it. Oh, absolutely. A toilet is its own entity. We'll Nobody can truly it. master a toilet. It is its own master, and it allows you to sit on it yeah it allows you to take the throne yeah it's not something that you can just do freely well you can't do it freely no the toilet allows it okay. <laughs> if the toilet doesn't like you don't spit you right out it'll throw you right off i don't know eject button yeah. anyway sorry anyway is, i apologize i apologize for nothing <laughs> okay so <laughs> Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, there are some toilets in fancy restaurants where it's like, <laughs> 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 
they're shaped like an octagon or something like yeah. that. Do you think that the White House has a fancy one? You're right. They are all oval ovals. I'm looking at one right now. I'm staring right down the barrel of this gun. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking when I said oval, like a, a long I don't like them when oval. they get fancy with the toilet shape. I, I like the ones that are octagonal. I think it's fun. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you don't see that often. There's a restaurant in particular where the toilet is octagonal and then the um, the tile on the wall of that individual stall is also octagonal. It's like you're surrounded by toilets <laughs> sitting on the bowl looking at the walls. Whoa, look at all the octagons. Well, there's one I can't see, but I can it's feel nice. it the best. Feel it the best. If, if anybody's curious, it's the Nomad Restaurant and the Nomad Hotel in New York City. It's fancy. Okay, all but right. I hope the Nomad like closes. <laughs> yeah. Because of all the people rushing. I tank it. Toilet tank it. Yeah, exactly. Due to heavy use, we have to close the bathrooms. I have got to check out this octagon. The best bathroom in the city, hands down, hands down, bar none. Okay. So presidents. All right. <laughs> All right. Yes. Uh, now I am sorry. That yeah, went cult, on for too long. Occult presidents. Okay. Occult presidents. So I have divided this up into the sections communing with the dead, Ooh. astrology, and the Lincoln bedroom. Oh, yeah. yeah. That I'll go into a little bit more detail another time, but I want to leave us with a nugget. Okay. So to speak. <laughs> Great. You started laughing. I wouldn't have done anything. I don't know. I would have left it. Let me tell you a little story about Taft, a bathroom, and a nugget. <laughs> oh and God, yes, wow. it was during the gold rush, but it wasn't a gold nugget. I don't know if Taft was around during the, the gold rush. I, I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Okay. Dude, should I cut this or leave this? I don't know. It's, a, it's, going, it's been going on for a long time. I know. I know. I don't know. All right. We'll make a – I'll leave it. <laughs> Oh, All right, here I go, though. Okay. God, it feels so weird to talk about now, like, old presidents and, like, classy stuff after that. Okay. So, in the section, communing with the dead, Jane Pierce, who was the wife of President Franklin Pierce in the 1850s. Um, so, this seems to be, like, the first president. It's it's a lot of presidents' wives yeah. in this, and it seems like some presidents kind of like get in the mix with them as well, which is interesting, but it's mainly talking about first ladies. Um, so the Pierces lost their son, Benny, um, who died at 11 years old in a train accident that they were both in. It was like oh. a freak like train derailing yeah. and she and um, Franklin made it and their son died and they like saw it and everything. It was like really yeah, traumatic and horrible. horrible. And it seems like she suffered like terribly from it i mean how would you not but it seems like she was just like real just very very de depressed like yeah. for a long time they they called her the shadow of the white house oh God. i know it's really sad Did they need to do that i know i don't know as i'm saying they i didn't actually write that part down. i just it stuck in my mind when i was researching i guess she just like had a very like downtrodden vibe or something like that i know i, I don't know who's calling that her I hope Give her a friggin' break. Oh, absolutely. She doesn't need um, a cool title. I know. Also, yeah. what I read, I didn't write all this stuff down. I wasn't intending on saying because I was like, get off this lady's jock. Um, that she was just like very preoccupied with death. Again, like 
I can why see would you not why, yeah. right? Um, so there are like lots of letters that are in like the historical like First Lady's National Library or whatever, um, where she's writing to relatives and things like that and just very concerned about their health and mortality and stuff like that. So I guess she just had like an, a very intense air to her. Again, yeah. understandably. Um, but so she had the Fox sisters come to the White House. Oh, mm-hmm. our old friends. Right, because a lot of this happens around the time that there was this big boom in spiritualism, which was a movement kind of spearheaded by the Fox sisters. And um, I covered them for my topic like in early Guides to the Unknown. So if you scroll down, um, you'll find it. I don't remember if it's called the Fox sisters. It might be, or it might say like spiritualism or something like that if you want to check it out. But so she had the Fox sisters come to the White House in an attempt to communicate with him and had like numerous seances. Like they kept coming back. Um, and she ended up telling them that he came to her in two dreams and she got some comfort from that. Um, but still never again, un- unsurprisingly, never f- really fully recovered from yeah. that. But she did get some comfort from um, the thought that he had come to her to communicate and that seemed to be kind of ushered in by her interactions with the Fox sisters, even though their veracity is like very, very iffy. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, so then Mary Todd Lincoln was the next like witchy woman to enter the White House. Um, there was Buchanan in between them, but he was a bachelor, one of our only bachelors in the White House. Huh. Um, but anyway, so Mary Todd Lincoln came with Abraham Lincoln. And they had two sons that had died, um, both of illnesses. Because again, this is back in the day where, like, you know, we didn't have you like were lucky vaccines, if you got and through, yeah. yeah, like a lot of children died. Yeah. Um. So she held seances also in the White House Red Room, one of uh, one of which at least um, Abraham Lincoln attended. I know the White House Red Room. Yeah. I wasn't aware of the Red the Red the Room. Red Room. Yeah. I should say I didn't think about it until just now. William and I have been to the White House. We won a tour of the White House when we were kids. Yeah, we did. We, we were in the newspaper. We were in the newspaper. Yeah. I had gelled bangs. <laughs> and I was portly and <laughs> I was also portly. I don't remember much. I I just I had big gelled bangs. I had oh the name just escaped me. It was like this polymer clay necklace. I was like very popular when I was a kid. It was like hippie-ish. I had like a fl- floral dress on and Birkenstocks. I um I remember mm-hmm. walking through one of the rooms. I think maybe I think maybe I remember the blue room. If the blue room exists. I really do. I only and remember I think like, the I rem- main hall. I think I remember it in particular because at that by that point I was like Oh my God! Yeah. Can we get out of <laughs> here? Already. Get me out of here! I think Mom and Dad said we were both pretty miserable on that trip. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I don't recall the red room, but I bet if I knew about this, I would have perked right up. Yeah. So um. So yeah, she they held is that, is that my favorite family? The <laughs> yeah. Rogers, Red in Connecticut. There they are. <laughs> I'd like to play you a little song. He's just playing the sax <laughs> for us. <laughs> so, <laughs> licking his lips to get ready. Blown his cheeks out. Give me one more try. Oh, I, I know what I need. Puts on his sunglasses. They give <laughs> me my power. They give me my power. It's going. Um. So yeah, there was a red room in the White House. Would have been nice. Somebody told me about that when we were there. But anyway, yeah. um, and so there's at least one that's documented that Abraham went with her to, but he may have gone to more seances with her. 
And she also went out and about to attend some seance circles, which were kind of like little salons that were held at the time. Um, and so she kind of like dabbled trying to sort of find a medium or somebody who she clicked with. Yeah, yeah. And then she ended up finding somebody um, named Cranston Laurie, who she started consulting with a little bit more regularly. And um, this person told her to be careful of untrustworthy people in their circle of the presidency, which bolstered her belief that Treasury Secretary... Salmon Chase was fishy, I wrote. It didn't Whoa. Say that. I know. Now that's good stuff. Thank you. Yeah. It said untrustworthy. I changed it. Fishy is the right word to use for Salmon Chase. Exactly. So I wanted to know if this person actually was fishy and if they like fired him or anything like that, like based on the clairvoyance advice. So I looked it up. I couldn't believe that I was reading this stuff. I was like, this is very scholarly for somebody who said that she didn't know how a mile works in the last episode. But I learned that um, he does sound shady. It seems like he made some moves during Lincoln's presidency that were for political gain, like not for the good of the people or anything like that. And he used to threaten to quit regularly to put pressure on Lincoln to like give him more clout. So he sounds like a real pain in the tush. Yeah. But he also helped create the dollar bill. So, eh. <laughs> helped create the dollar bill? Yeah. He got like the banknote system going. They didn't have a dollar before that? I guess not. What did they have? I don't know. Bullion? <laughs> I guess. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe maybe notes? Leaves? I Probably leaves. <laughs> like a maple leaf is worth like two. Yeah. He's <laughs> responsible for it saying, in God we trust on the dollar bill. And dollar bills in general. Okay, good job, Salmon. I know. So Salmon sounds like, (laughs) I think that uh, Crinston Laurie might have been onto something. Sal Bass. Sal Bass. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So she felt like all these attempts and like interacting with these people and showing her willingness to kind of, you know, try to talk to the other realm and and talk to her sons and and stuff like that. She felt like that may have helped her. Again, it didn't say this. It may have helped her pierce the veil. Yeah. Say I. And then this is a quote from Mary Todd Lincoln in a letter that she wrote to one of her relatives. She said, talking about her son, Will or Willie, um, he comes to me every night and stands at the foot of my bed with the same sweet, adorable smile. He always had. He's not always come alone. Little Eddie is sometimes with him. Her other son. Whoa. I know. Willie and Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. That that's stunning. That's that's yeah. a quote from the first lady of the United States. I know that's from, from Mary Todd Lincoln talking right. about ghosts visiting her. Right, who's her and her husband <clears throat> Abraham Lincoln like hung out with her during sessions in the White House where they were trying to channel ghosts. That's wild. I know it's crazy. Um, so then after Lincoln died and was assassinated, she joined a spiritualist commune for a short time. It's it sounds to me they phrase it as. She joined it while she was on a trip to New England. It sounds like she was on a trip to New England anyway. And then I wonder if she maybe found out that there was one nearby. And she was like, let me dip in for a little while. So she did that. And while she was there, she sat for a spirit photography photo um, by William Mumler, who was the originator of the spirit photography technique. So then again, I got to go beyond my normal sources anyway. What's the deal with spirit photography? Oh, yeah. So it turns out it is a sham, at least with William Mumler doing it. Um, It said that on his Wikipedia that he was a photographer who accidentally double exposed a photo of himself and it created the image of another person in the photo. And so he saw an opportunity for this marketable thing that he could say he is is able to use this – either machine i actually find out what his like shtick was but like maybe it's that he says he has a machine or he's a process or something that allows him to capture ghosts in pictures with you um so 
he was later revealed to be a scam artist when living recognizable people were in his photos as the ghosts. That's awesome. I know. What that what that was that's mistake number one when there's yeah. a living person. Right, that's in your supposed picture, to be the ghost. Um, but it gave her a lot of comfort, apparently. Harrison, you're alive. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm- my assistant Harrison has come back from the dead. So happy to see you, Harrison. Oh, hello, Harrison. I'm so happy you're here. Harrison, huh? It seems to me I told you to come at two (laughs) o'clock, not one. My God, Harrison, I thought you were dead. (laughs) Huh, you're going to wish you were dead. Yeah, ha, 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 ha. But... Um, the photo gave her a lot of comfort. He was later proven to be a hoax, like yeah, yeah. a long time after this. And, um, she really cherished the photo. So, you know, it sucks, but at least within her lifetime, she did not find out that this was a sham. Right. So now we're on to the astrology section. So later on, like years later, now we're, you know, like in the 1900s, um, Edith Wilson of Woodrow Wilson and Florence Harding, husband Warren, um, both consulted Madame Marcia Champney. I like that name. Pretty good name, right? Yeah. Um, so she was consulting with Florence before Warren was elected and while Edith was in the White House. So like Edith was talking with her in the White House and everything. And Florence already had a relationship with her because maybe it was like a reputable right. astrologer who like fancy ladies use or something like that. And um, she, Florence told her that if her husband Warren Harding was elected that she was going to have Champney named official white house astrologer. And then I think that this is a little shade at Edith Wilson. She said that she'd be allowed to come in the front door, not have to be snuck in the back the way Edith had her come visit. Oh, so I guess Edith, uh, yeah. Edith Wilson, I guess was like ashamed of having an astrologer. So she would like sneak her in. And then Florence Harding is like, you'll be named official white house astrologer and you'll be welcomed warmly in the front door. Not like Edith. But I wonder. I wonder if all her staff were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What's yeah, this?" Yeah, we have a what now? Well, I'm so, official White House astrologer. We don't need that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't need that. Later on, staff were well aware of the role that astrology played, so maybe they are aware with old uh, Edith. Which one is that? Uh, no, Florence Harding. Yeah. So maybe this trend started back then of, then of the staff being aware that astrology is playing a role in the White House because Nancy Reagan was pretty famously into astrology and it was written about in a tell-all from a former chief of staff that was released like toward the end of the Reagan presidency. Yeah. And then a spokesman for the White House at the time, they're all in the White House still, confirmed it to the New York Times. I was like, yeah, Nancy is into astrology. Um, She has been for like a long time, but she kind of like ramped it up after the assassination attempt on Reagan because I guess it was kind of like maybe we can use anything that we have like at our disposal. It's worth a shot. I mean, disposal. It's like worth a shot to like keep things safe or like act in certain ways when the stars are aligned in a way that like nurtures this specific aspect or whatever. Um, and he said that there were no major decisions made based on astrology. Oh, and also they, they were like as a couple into it, basically. Huh. So there were no major decisions made on the astrology, but it did occasionally affect scheduling. Like they consulted it to best time the announcement that he was running for reelection to like make sure the stars wow. are, are acting in a way that's like supportive of this kind of action. That's interesting. Right. So, <clears throat> so yeah, so that means like, 
the staff of the White House was all fully like her interest in astrology was so intense that they would be aware of it for scheduling purposes and things like yeah. that. Like it's interesting. Yeah, exactly. Should we should we schedule a, a trip to visit the ambassador of Egypt? Yeah. What's what's well, Mercury doing right it's now? It's a waning gibbous. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't. I think uh, I, I think. Wait, how do you do it, Reagan? I think it's a no go. How do you do it? I think it's no go. There you go. There you go. There it yes, is. Well, uh, We've been looking to the stars, and uh, well, it seems like the moon is high. Pass me the jelly beans. I can't do it. It's a harvest moon, and tonight we'll cast our jelly beams on a map of the the globe. Where the yummy blue ones land, I will visit. I, by the way, I, d- I didn't cite it because I didn't find anything except for a throwaway line and what seemed like a nutty Christian website about how like these first ladies were like devilish or whatever. Right, yeah, yeah. But it did say that Jackie Kennedy was into throwing rune stones. I couldn't find anything else about that though, so I don't know if that's true. What does that mean? Rune stones are like stones that have symbols carved on them. Um, they're like old Nordic things. I'm sure they're like a million different like versions of rune stones, but like you throw them and then you see which symbols come up. And then like, I don't know if, if there's an involvement of like placement or anything like that, but like based on the symbols, you're like, Oh, okay. Huh. So that one means this and like look that up or whatever. Interesting. Okay. I know. Yeah. They're pretty cool actually. So. When Obama was elected, he actually caught flack for making a comment about Nancy Reagan's, like, you know, astrology kind of stuff, but he got it mixed up. He mixed her up because it's been kind of a known thing, but not a huge deal that there have been first ladies who are into seances and occult things like it's known that there's a little bit of like a a spooky history in the white house and definitely people especially because of that being in the press knew that nancy reagan was into astrology so i think he got his wires crossed a little bit so um when he was coming into office a reporter asked obama if he had spoken to any ex-presidents um since his election on you know a few days ago and he responded that he had spoken to all former presidents that are living i didn't want to get into a nancy reagan thing about you know doing any seances he said so then people jumped up his butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he reached out to Nancy Reagan, gave her a phone call just to apologize or whatever. And they had a very warm conversation. And it was I fun. knew you'd call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the stars. <laughs> <laughs> and so there hasn't been any talk of any, like, there's no stuff about Michelle. Well, I didn't specifically look it up, but I haven't heard anything about, like, Michelle doing any stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Normal Anya. Maybe her doppelganger is of another dimension sort That's of right, thing. Yeah. Love that. Um, but I thought I would talk about briefly the fact that there have been some hauntings Hell yeah. in the White House. Right, so I'm just going to do one because I think I'm going to do, I, I don't usually like to promise things until I've done it, but you know what? I'm feeling spicy. I had a packet of mini M&Ms. Next week, I'm going to talk about hauntings in the White House. Oh, awesome. I'm declaring it here and now. Okay, sweet. Okay, so we're just going to talk about one little haunting in the Lincoln bedroom. And this website that I found. One eensy little haunting. Teensy beensy. In the Lincoln bedroom. I was very hopeful that this was going to unlock a huge thing for us because this website that I found on that I don't remember what it, I, I found it when I Googled like occult White House or something. It said that what I'm about to read to you comes from Tony, Tony Savoy, who's a White House operations foreman, discussing his encounter with the ghost of Lincoln in an interview on the official White House website. So I was like, wait a second. There are interviews on the White House website talking about haunting stuff? And I was like, do we just not know about it because you wouldn't think to look? But is there like cool stuff on the White House website about its history and hauntings and things like that? Right, yeah. So I went right to the White House website and I didn't find anything like that. And there is a search bar and I searched for 
for Tony Savoy and nothing came up. So I think that it's been scrubbed of all coolness. Really? Since, yeah. Wow. Since Could some be. time. Yeah, yeah. I have a guess that would be when doofus entered yeah it was totally sweet until like a couple of years ago maybe but i mean there's not even an archive of this on the white house website anymore which stinks yeah so this is the quote from tony savoy he said it was early one morning and i was taking care of the plants up on the second floor i used to come in early in the mornings and turn the lights on and walk down the hall in the dark when i turned the light on one morning he he meaning lincoln was sitting there outside his office with his hands over top of each other legs crossed and was looking straight ahead he had a gray charcoal colored pinstripe suit on and he had a pair of three button spats turned over on the side with black shoes on. He was sitting there and he startled me and I stopped. When I blinked, he was gone. And I left there and went down the stairs and told assistant usher Nelson Pierce what I had seen. And he said, I'm just one of the other ones that had seen him. Uh, I'm just one of the other ones that had seen him throughout the house over the past years. Wow. Cool, right? So this was a White House operations foreman, whatever that means, on the official White House website, if this is to be believed. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. There are a lot of people that that come and go from the White House all the time. It's awesome to think that, like, because there's so much activity there, that it could get to a point of being so commonplace. Right. To be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I finally saw him. Yeah, right. Like, oh, you're one of them. I finally caught up. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. So I'm going to be looking. I I skimmed the surface because I was like, oh, maybe I'll include things like that. And there were enough cool white house ghost stories i was like this is its own thing yeah so i'll do that next week what a bummer to be stuck there oh to like live there and, yeah yeah it must Not be, be able like to being leave on a cruise it must be like um like how there are like good and bad casts of saturday night live where you're like oh i'm just part of a bad era yeah like, i just yeah because i'm wondering, it'll be over it'll be over it'll, right, whatever it'll over. yeah i'm wondering if operations foreman is like a fancy white house way of saying like house manager or housekeeper because if, if he was up there like watering the plants yeah and, like true. turning on the lights and stuff i wonder if that's and i'm sure it's a huge job if you're at the white house that's yeah. not to say it's like a whatever job but i wonder if it's essentially the white house housekeeper man if i saw one a, of them one of if them. i saw a ghost i go from watering the plants to watering the pants so fast that'd <laughs> oh make your head spin it certainly would make my head spin well. I spin right the hell out of here, run away from you, and then go laugh at you. I watered I watered myself. Don't run. Help me. Help me. Help me. I forget where we were. Oh, I'm sorry. We were in Iceland. We were walking down the street. There's like a lot of hiking going on out there, but it had been like raining and muddy and stuff. Yeah. And there was like a like a 16, 17-year-old kid that was walking around in sweatpants. They had mud all over them. And I turned to Allie and I, Michael, and I went, that kid needs the nurse's pants. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't sure. I've said that. I've said, I've referenced that so many times, oh, but I still wasn't sure if they'd know what I was so. talking about. Funny to have to borrow sweatpants from the nurse's office and you have to bring them back. After, Are those the nurses? After your mom washed them, they don't go with the rest of your outfit, so you know they're the nurse's pants. Are those the nurse's pants? No. These are my ill-fitting no, sweatpants. No, I wanted to wear a button down with sweatpants today. That's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'll get the sawdust. <laughs> oh, hub. Anyway. So that's Tony Savoy's job in the White House, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so you saw that ghost. And then I thought, because we're ending with Lincoln's ghost, I would end with a very nice quote from Mary Todd Lincoln. Great. About Lincoln's ghost and other other ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> a very slight veil separates us from the loved and lost, she wrote to a friend. Though unseen by us, they are very near. Hmm. That is nice. Yeah. That's very nice. Yeah, totally. That's like the hope yeah. of, of, of wanting to contact the dead. Yeah. And it sounds like she got that comfort, luckily. Yeah. If she felt that way and she said that she saw like Willie and Eddie at the foot of her bed. Yeah. She got this picture, which to her, I mean, it sucks, but that confirmed to her that he's nearby. Yeah. It sounds like even though it was all very sad, it sounds like she had some peace with it. Yeah. Misguided or not, you believe it or you don't. Yeah. For her, she was mm-hmm. able to find comfort in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very nice. Yeah. Cool. And yeah. hauntings of the White House next week. Yep. That's right. Man. I heard that Dolly Madison waters the flowers or something. Who's Dolly Madison? I don't know. James Madison's wife? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just brought her up. I don't know. I don't know. I bet the, the White House ghosts blend right in. Yeah, that's the right. White House. What a perfect place to be a ghost. Yeah. It's like you're wearing camo all the time. Well, I did famously write. Unless you're in the write, room. I did, that's true. I did famously write a, a short story called ghosts in the snow <laughs> oh you did famous indeed i did <laughs> same principle yes yeah essentially yeah uh so there you have it that's it we're at the end of another episode of guide to the unknown yep we've covered a lot of ground we certainly have we've we've traveled quite a bit I absolutely think. we've been to iceland mm-hmm. electronics Took a stuff off at toilets. Electronics. I know, I know. <laughs> like a planet of electronics. <laughs> we were visited said, by electronics. I think I said electronics. God of technology. Electronics. It's <laughs> because I was so excited to mention the toilets in my next line. I got all tripped up. Huh? Toilets, the White House. Oh, really wild. Yeah. Wild stuff. Yeah. Um, thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We mm-hmm. really hope you had a good time. Yeah. Uh, if you want more of Guide to the Unknown, check out at GTTU Pod on all social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also go to patreon.com slash GTTU Pod if you'd like to donate back to us yeah, a little bit. Yeah, super appreciated. Thank you. Uh, you can also do things uh, that support the show, like telling your friends that this show exists. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, we'd I love, love it that. if yeah. you would bring uh, new people to the party. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, we'd also do. appreciate it if you would review this show yep. on any platform that allows you to do so. Yep. Apple Podcasts is mm-hmm. the numero uno of yes. that. But you can also review us in places like Stitcher, mm-hmm. and there's a review function on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, which I feel like is getting used more and more. I'm yeah, seeing. I'm seeing a lot of like yeah. good reviews for us on Facebook. And yeah. speaking of which, I I feel like I heard a dark whisper <laughs> coming from a secret <laughs> corner of Facebook. <laughs> Close that door. <laughs> Hit the X on the website, <laughs> and I'm out. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, you can also follow us individually yeah. online. I mean, I think we should say what that is, right? If you, if, it's our secret Facebook group that you can find either by searching Guide to the Unknown Secret Society, mm-hmm. or you can go to facebook.com slash groups slash GTTU pod. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you want to hear that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, also hit us up individually if you want to talk to us. Yes, I'm on Instagram at Chillin' Kristen. I'm at Haunted Sponge. So we will see you next week when we will learn more about the hauntings in the White House and I don't know what else yet. We'll see. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld, go we. Bye.